0: This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN.
1: Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's Most Informative Real Estate Talk Show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors, And our goal is to provide you with some really good information on the real estate market and some local information. So, you know, because things might be different here in the Central Valley than they are in Michigan or New Jersey or Florida. Um, And speaking of Florida, I'm really glad to be back. Um, Although I I took a little vacation, took an 18 day road trip, uh, drove from California to Florida and I zigzagged my way across the country a lot of back roads and boy it was interesting and I'll tell you this America is beautiful and that's physically and with the people there are some great people out there um I guess you don't get to be a radio talk show host without liking to talk to people so I had lots of conversations with the gas station clerks um waitresses everybody and um, I tell you, America is beautiful. And with that, we have our guest here today, and we're going to be talking about one of the big issues in real estate right now and maybe the second hardest job in all of real estate, and that is appraising. And we have Rob, Rob Melfi uh, of Robobank, and you're a staff appraiser there. Rob has been an appraiser for 35 years uh, the first 26 years, he appraised on his with his own company, doing residential and uh, small uh, units, two to four units, then went to work as a staff appraiser for Robo Bank, but also teaches continuing education for appraisers, appraisers. Excuse me. Good morning, Rob. Good morning. All right. Th- and thanks for being here. You're no rookie. It's been three years, but uh, <laughs> since yes. you've been on before yes and I remember we brought your daughter on the show back then because she wanted to get into she was going to Fresno State in communications
0: uh, hey this is a great experience for her mm-hmm. yeah she uh, was uh, that time when I came on it was she was gonna be in the Miss California pageant oh, and yeah so, that's right yeah that was uh, we appreciated that and her being able to get that exposure it was very and good. experience I mean, yeah hey it's been 13 years that
1: I've been doing this and it's still a little bit nerve wracking <laughs> to, to get in front of a microphone. Sure. Um, anyway, um, when I said the second hardest appraising is the second hardest job in real estate right now, you know what I'm referring to is the number one hardest job, uh, real estate sales. Yeah. Being a buyer, <laughs> a buyer's agent, buyer's agent.
0: Yeah. Yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And, um, and, and that may be where, and, and this is not a reflection on people, but we're in a situation where appraising and buyers agents, you know, are, are there's a little disconnect going on right now. Right. Maybe not a little disconnect. I didn't go to the Grand Canyon on this trip, but it might be that wide.
0: <laughs> well, um, it's funny you say that because. Um, I do have my real estate license, and I, uh every once in a while, will help a friend out. They'll give a call and say, can you help us out? Um, it's virtually impossible. I mean, uh, it is a lot harder being a real estate agent for a buyer than it is being an appraiser. I understand the difficulty right now because I can't help them.
1: Would this be a fair statement The the disconnect right now is that buyers have to buy something that's available today or tomorrow appraisers have to look at sold comparables that happened in the last six months and we have a quickly moving market Uh, and when you say when I say a sold comp that means that it went into it was negotiated 30 to 45 days earlier so the, it's the, a disconnect.
0: Yeah, the market is changing on a daily basis. It's. Um, um, I haven't seen any transactions lately that there's only been one offer. Yeah. And, um, and usually you have to have that offer in um, the day that it comes on the market. Um, so that's one reason I can't. You know, it's difficult for that buyer's agent, because um, you need to know exactly when that comes onto the market. When it's exposed, the buyer has to be ready. Um, and so sometimes it seems like uh, that buyer is pressured, but it's, it's the reality of the market. The market is dictating, decisions have to be made quickly. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, yes, the appraiser, we're looking at historical data Whereas when you have the market that we have today, it, you know, it's as of that day, Um, which, you know, is a question for agents. Um, What are you willing to provide to that appraiser? You know, because that those offers that come in are not available to that appraiser. So a buyer may offer up and above asking price. But the information that's needed to verify that that is the, you know, we've got 10 other buyers trying to pay above listing price, that information is not available to the appraiser.
1: Is, if it's made available to the appraiser, is it useful to you? It is. It is useful. Um, and I'm going to ask a tough question. How so? Because I
0: don't, I don't understand that one. Well, it's it's useful in that, um, you know, as long as that information can be provided as data within the report, um, then, and we're able to say that will give us the ability to calculate a market adjustment. Hmm. So we could um, uh, determine a percentage change that we can make a market change adjustment that it would allow us those historical data to adjust upward. Okay, I, I see that. And
1: what I've seen in the past, let's say back in 2003, 2004, um, there were appraisers that were saying, well, um, this sale happened three months ago, and so I'm gonna make a 1% per month adjustment. Right. Uh, okay, so, that okay that that's interesting do you need that document should a listing agent provide you a copy of the other
0: offers that were not accepted um that's would be helpful whether the agent um can provide that information because it's not public information Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know um, on their end if they have to get some sort of disclosure agreement that they're allowed to provide that to an appraiser. I think if we marked out the names yeah. and the identity, but you,
1: and maybe all you really need would be page one of the contract. Right,
0: yeah. I mean, at least that gives the appraiser that it's just not hearsay. We actually have a document, you know, the... The agent's not just talking it up. Oh yeah, I have ten offers. You, you know as well as I do, as an agent, if you have a listing, you get calls all day. Hey, I'm going to bring you an offer until it's in your hands. It's it's it doesn't mean anything. So if you actually have that document in your hand, you're providing, that will that will help. Yeah, yeah. I I heard a good one. Some
1: agent told me one time, well, I got one offer in hand, but I got about five or six that uh, were promised. <laughs> And he says, but you know what? If I had a nickel for every offer that was promised and didn't show up, I'd be a millionaire. Yes, yes. (laughs) Um, You mentioned you've got to make the uh, decide quickly. A buyer's got to make a decision quickly. I want to throw out a little observation that I've seen the last few months. Okay, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it was great. I could tell a buyer hey go home sleep on it you know and think about it and and we'll see um, what you know if you want to make that offer on it if this is the right home and so there was the time to do that because there was no such thing as multiple offers and and bid fever and all that and then we came into a period of time in the last couple three years you did have to make a quick decision Mm -hmm. Uh, you look at the house and it's like okay you got 30 minutes (laughs) right to make that decision but here's one of the good things that's happening right now and something to think about once again in most cases you can go home and sleep on it because many sellers are saying will they put the property out on a Thursday and they say we'll be reviewing offers on Monday, so really, if you look at it on Thursday or Friday, you can think about it, consult with the realtor, you know, get get a strategy in place, then make your offer. Yes. So
0: maybe that's one of the good one of the good things <laughs> in this market. Yes. That the the problem that comes with that though is the difficulty about being the first offer so how many offers are you going to allow before you review them and if you are going to be that first offer knowing that the market is bidding up how do you justify the price that you're willing to pay Mm -hmm. because that's where the conflict is going to come in with the appraiser after the fact all right
1: rob you and i have set the table for this discussion today so we've kind of talked, to, as we're going to go to our commercial break now, sure. we've talked about in this first segment what the uh, issues are. Now we're going to come up with solutions, I hope. Okay. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio,
0: 940
1: ESPN. Welcome back welcome home radio this is Don Scordino your your host with Rob Melfi an appraiser with Robobank, Bank uh, here in the studio and we're talking about the challenges that appraisers have today and that it's the second hardest job in the real estate industry right now but one thing is for sure that will change Yes. <laughs> yeah is change not like the biggest thing that happens in this business?
0: It's happening all the time in the, in the appraisal world. So, Mm. um, especially with all the, I mean, with COVID and everything, just, um, a lot of the standards and guidelines that we had to, uh, go by, they've been eased up quite a bit. So, um, that's a good thing, but it's, it's consistently changing. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: One of the differences between an appraiser's job and a buyer's agent's job is, I'm going to call it parameters. Appraisers are usually dictated by Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, the the underwriters, as to how far out you can go, uh, how, how much time frame you have to find. Well, I'm gonna ask you, what are, what are the parameters that you have to follow on a typical residential conforming loan?
0: Well, for, first off, they want closed sales to justify the contracted price. How, how many closed sales? Um, typically standard would at least three. Um, the more the better. Um, as time has went on with the changing market, You notice that uh, appraisers uh, have been asked to include listings, pending sales. Um, That way they could work in what's actually happening right now rather than relying upon an accurate um, time adjustment. So um, uh, in reviewing work that came in to the bank, um, uh, we would require a minimum of three closed sales, and then we ask for at least one pending and uh, and also a listing. Mm-hmm. And, and right
1: there is one of the differences. Um, the buyer, buyer's agent who's working with the buyer, they're looking at active listings. Right. And right now, active listings could be five, 5% five more right. th- th- than the solds.
0: Right. And so that's why it's good to incorporate that information into an appraisal now to justify your market adjustment. Mm -hmm. So if you actually have, uh, as a buyer's agent, you have properties that are in contract, but yet not available, if you could provide that, then they could give considerable weight within the appraisal uh, to determine their, their value.
1: And when we say the market area, um, how does the underwriter define that? And yet, let me first tell you how a buyer defines that. Sure. A buyer, especially today, is less concerned about a specific location. They, they want to find a, a nice home, and, and there's some nice homes being built in northwest Fresno, southeast Fresno, East Clovis, um, and, and all points in between. Um, and I've I've noticed the last two or three years. So even before COVID and and, mm-hmm. and but but I I'll call it the shortage era because we've had a shortage of inventory. Sure. But I've had buyers now looking it from southeast Fresno to northwest Fresno and all points in between. And yet, I don't think that's the market area that an underwriter will allow.
0: No, typically they they will not um, because what will happen during the review process um, is they will look to the data that is available. So depending upon the um, appraisal, because that's what the underwriter is ultimately looking at as their gauge for determining risk and whether... Uh, the value is appropriate is um, the appraiser is going to, the review appraiser is going to look within that typical geographical area, could be determined by arterial roadways, uh, could be builder development subdivisions, could be school districts. Um, If there is nothing available as far as within 12 months or so, then the appraiser typically could go to maybe a competing area that is maybe a different phase of development for that same builder or a directly competing builder. It has to be a competing area and you have to be able to justify that and show that. Mm-hmm. When I would, you could tell from a review standpoint if an appraiser is backing into a value where they overlook data that is available within the immediate market area, going maybe from Northeast Fresno to Southeast Fresno for comps. The question comes, why? You Mm -hmm. can't tell me there have been no sales because you could still go from that same area and then um, make a market adjustment. Mm -hmm. Whether it be a dated sale, and listings. So I've been told
1: by some appraisers that you're limited to a one mile radius.
0: Uh, there's a guideline. Okay. So if they're telling you that, that's that's it's a guideline. That's like a speed limit of 55 <laughs> miles an hour. Yeah. no you you could get a ticket for that (laughs) (laughs) but but if the appraiser goes out of that one mile radius no that's that that's fine as long as they explain it it's it's like five five one mile for uh urban areas is a guideline Mm -hmm. five miles for a suburban area and then 25 miles for a rural Mm -hmm. mountain area because i have found something that Let's say
1: southeast Fresno, which is a greatly expanding market. I mean, there's a lot of growth going on out there. A one-mile radius just does not cut. That guideline wouldn't cut it because you can go two miles away and find the same product. Right. And I don't think a buyer is going to say, oh, no, I need to be in this little quadrant. Um, They're looking for a nice home. Sure. That and so much of certain areas, even northeast Fresno, Clovis, you can go four miles, sure,
0: and have the same product. Sure, it it used to be that um, Clovis um, had uh, uh, an upside to it. Um, that you wouldn't want to go out of outside of Clovis for comps um, or basically Clovis school districts. Mm-hmm. Um, Clovis school district had a better reputation than Fresno, so it would be hard to justify going out of that. Um, but th- there are guidelines that are set up. So er- as long as there is data to show that that same buyer is looking in one area versus the other, I, I think the appraisers would would be prone to open up their their um, or go outside of those guidelines. Okay, now I'm going to th- throw out a tough question, uh, last one
1: before our break. Sure. So let's say somebody has a contract price, uh, in other words, they negotiated for two hundred twenty thousand dollars. Let's say, but the appraisal it um, comes in at two hundred thousand. Is the buyer overpaying? It is. Um, is the real value two hundred, or is the real value two twenty? Because there were, that's what it took to beat out the other, the seven other offers.
0: market value is what a knowledgeable, willing buyer and a knowledgeable, willing seller negotiate. And there's data to support that. The problem that we're having is you have the appraiser that has data that's justifying 200. You have a buyer and agents involved if there is data that backs the 220 and it was not an emotional purchase, then I would say the 220. If it was out of emotion and frustration that they said, throw a number out there at whatever it's going to take to get it, mm-hmm. then the 200, I would say, is the accurate value. They are overpaying.
1: You know, I. Th- threw you a curveball and I think you hit it squarely so you in other words it could be both right uh, yeah it, and it depends um, okay so the the old gospel of well that's what it appraised for yeah maybe doesn't apply anymore in in this current market
0: right. And we could probably talk about that for a little longer as far as whether the appraisal contingency that's in the uh, offer, you want to waive that or not.
1: Ah, good one for our third segment. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Welcome home radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and Rob Melfi, an appraiser with RoboBank. First of all, I want to give a shout out to Kim Huckabee, the Government Affairs Director for the Fresno Association of Realtors. She so very capably filled in for me while I was on vacation and uh, did a great job. Um, I had And I listened in. each Each Saturday, I would listen to the show, and so I know she did great. And uh, she'll be back again. In fact, uh, next week, she's going to be a a guest along with Councilman uh, Carbasi from District 2 uh, of the City of Fresno. So tune in next Saturday also. Now, getting back to appraisals, um, we brought this up in the last segment. One thing that to make uh, that buyer's agents have to deal with in making your offer competitive is possible oh there's an appraisal contingency so your buyer and it's defaulted into the contract unless you take it out or or maybe limit it limit it so what an appraisal contingency says is i'm gonna buy this place no matter what it appraises for and um That means you have to have the cash, if you're getting a loan, you have to have the cash to pay that difference. So like in the case of the 220 versus the 200, um, that buyer would have to be able to get the the loan based on 200,000 with the down payment, but then pay $20,000 more in cash. Not everybody can do that. Correct. Some can. So that's what a, buyer's agent is faced with to make your offer competitive. So I'd like to hear from an appraiser. What's your take on these appraisal contingencies?
0: I would never ask a buyer to take the appraisal contingency out, but um, that's a decision they have to make, even if it is still in there because um, they still have the option if that contingency is taken out to come up with that additional, those additional funds, um, but the appraiser is looking at that, and then it is a tool of something that you could go back if you try and renegotiate a price. But that option is not in the market. Um, if an appraisal comes in low, like on your example, the the uh, 220 versus the 200 appraisal um, if that buyer doesn't come up with the additional funds, they have the option of appealing the appraisal for first thing first off if you come up with uh, data that will support that two twenty the the appraiser will has to is obligated to look at that um, but if that um, buyer chooses not to use that to renegotiate based on the appraisal contingency, then most likely you're gonna, and you could answer this better than me, you're gonna move on to the next offer. Probably have many offers that are willing to pay the 220. And and that would that would be the one negotiating thing to go back to the appraiser is to is to say, okay, well, first off, is there a substitution Okay, the principle of substitution. You're saying that the value of this is two hundred thousand. Now justify your conclusion. Show me where they could buy that same house for two hundred or a competing house for two hundred. And when the appraiser comes back and says, well, "I don't have a substitution," well, then your two twenty becomes the more uh, reliable indicator of value.
1: Wow, I like that. (laughs) That comment you made, show me how you can buy that house for $200,000. Correct. Now that's powerful. That's a powerful tool for the buyer's agent Uh, because I I don't really know of any buyer's agent that's just going to intentionally have somebody pay 10% more than value unless they had to to get it. Right. So in obviously in the mind of the buyer's agent that 2 um that 220 is what it was worth. Right. And in the mind of the buyer that's what it was worth because they're the ones who signed the offer. Right. and and made the offer.
0: So the the one thing that uh that you're seeing in the market today that is a result of changes because of COVID. Um, You can tell me whether you see this in your uh, uh, business or not, but we have, since COVID, there are companies that are allowing people to work from home. My daughter, for instance, she works for a company in Los Angeles. Cost of living is crazy there. But COVID, they shut everything down and they're going to allow her to continue to work from here. Well, if she had a house in L.A., which I'm seeing a lot of the buyers in Fresno are people that are now going to be working from home or that could work, you know, just via Internet, that they're selling their properties in L.A. They're coming here. They see listing price of 200 Oh, That's nothing. They have the cash. They'll bid that. What's it going to take to get it? Okay, sure, offer 30 over. To them, it's a great deal. But yet, they may not know the market. So Mm -hmm. that's your emotional buyer. Um, So that's one influence. You can tell me if you're seeing any of that.
1: Well, you made me think of something about working virtually. Yeah. On my 18-day road trip. I was working, and I closed escrows, opened escrows, um, and I continued on.
0: Yeah. It,
1: and so much is possible virtually now. I will have to tell you, nothing beats being there. <laughs> right, right. So, so don't think I, I've gone crazy. <laughs> I don't know you're, you're, you've known me a while. You're probably yeah. going to say, John, you've always <laughs> you been out. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Yeah, things have changed. COVID has changed things Um, or maybe made us look at things differently that, hey, this is possible. Um, So, all right. There's also a thing that buyer agents can use rather than leaving the appraisal contingency in there, meaning you, you don't have to buy the home if the appraisal doesn't match the contract price. Um, but or you can waive it saying that it doesn't matter what the appraisal comes in at it could come in at one dollar i'm still going to buy it then there is the appraisal protection clause where it's good for so much let's say ten thousand dollars and it would be worded something like this in the event that the appraisal comes in up to ten thousand dollars lower than the contract price the buyer will pay the difference. Uh, and that gives the seller some assurance. It's and, and as far as being competitive, it may set you apart from others. So uh, what as an appraiser, do
0: you see that in the contract? Um, I haven't seen that uh, written in there. Uh-huh. But if it were, it should be made available, and then that would be uh, – considered. Um, But um, I just think that that's a good protection clause. I mean, from your end, I mean, if you're a listing agent, you're putting that in. Um, But if that's not in there, we talked, you know, between you and I about countering. How many deals are you providing counters on? Okay. Um, Fair question in
1: this current market as a listing agent uh, Mm -hmm. when i'm on the listing side rarely do we counter anymore Mm -hmm. you know if you have five offers and they're all over the asking price in in there they all have competitive clauses in there of some sort what are you going to counter on pick the best one right now that doesn't mean sometimes um I had one recently. The only counter we made was they had offered my seller uh, five extra days possession time, mm-hmm. and we needed ten days, so we just countered
0: for that. Right,
1: yeah, but th- that's that wasn't much. Well,
0: for well, then what I would say on the buyer side then, and how do you structure an offer when you're going in? Um, you know,
1: fair question. And I'll tell you, this one came from a great, great buyer who was a VA loan, meaning no money down. He also, VA, allows for the seller to pay closing costs. So that's what got him interested in buying a house. Mm -hmm. Wow, I can get in, no money down. Well, first offer we made, uh, we went in with those kind of terms and didn't get it. Uh, We got outbid and then another one but we learned from every one every offer got a little better a little better uh, to where pretty soon he was paying all of his closing costs it's like hey i hate to tell you this but you know the market is telling us the sellers don't want to or need to be paying for your closing costs right so we got there but we still were not successful by the 10th one, we had learned that cash is king. And so not only was he paying his own closing costs, but he had a plan B in the event that an appraisal came in up to $10,000 low, he would cover that. That ended up being the difference maker. The the There were, I believe on that case, there was about 12 offers and they selected ours.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And sure enough, appraisal came in $15,000 low. So we went to the seller and said, you know, we're covering the first 10000 Would you do the 5000 And by the way, loans approved. We're ready to roll. We just need, you know, we can close in 10 days. They did it. Yeah. And, and I think it was a smart move for buyer and seller. It, and especially smart for the buyer because that was about four months ago. The value of that home now is oh, way beyond yeah. what he paid. And by the way, I don't know how this works out, but of those 10 homes that he wrote offers on, he got the best one. It, 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 I mean, it's almost a good thing that the first nine didn't work out. right? Because he's got a great big yard, uh, spacious house, it, he did
0: well. So you're 220 example, when that closes, after you work out the differences, that is now going to become a primary comparable for the next one. That's going to show that market increase from that 199, what the appraiser was able to prove for 200 and the 220. There's a market adjustment right
1: there. Okay, how do appraisers feel when they see a, I don't want to call it sarcastic, but they, they see a, re, a remark in the private agent remarks that appraisers and realtors can see that it might say uh, contracted price was 220 we closed at 205 due to a low
0: appraisal. are
1: you guys going to hate that listing agent forever
0: uh there's probably going to be a little reluctance in in uh working with them in the future all right i'll clean it up
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right with that we're going to go to our next commercial break stay tuned to welcome home radio 940 espn Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and Rob Melfi, an appraiser with Robo Bank. Yeah, how did you guys get a name like Robo Bank? That it it sounds.
0: It's it's a different. it's a Dutch bank. There's a long history to that, but it's not robbing a bank. It's not okay. But, so uh,
1: yeah. in Dutch, <laughs> Robo is different than what it is yeah, in English. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Whew! I was a little worried there. Okay, I would like to hear from an appraiser as a homeowner who's not planning on buying or selling or you just you're living there. Maybe you did well this year. You got a little extra cash. Uh, maybe you got a bonus at work because uh, you got vaccinated. Right. <laughs> um, by the way, while I was on that trip, I saw a sign uh, at a convenience store that said, now hiring... signing bonus for uh, signing on to work there, $300 uh, immediate bonus if you have proof of vaccination, and all these benefits. It's like, wow. so hey,
0: maybe it pays to be a job hopper. (laughs) Yeah. Do you (laughs) fill out any applications? Several.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And they wouldn't hire me. I, I, I guess on my resume host of welcome home radio just didn't cut it (laughs) all right but um besides that i couldn't commute yeah it was a long (laughs)
0: way. all
1: right so let's say you got this extra money in your pocket you want to do some improvements to the home and you have to weigh the balance between the use of it and the uh investment of it and let me use a swimming pool as an example you know that maybe in two to three, four years you might have to be transferred, and move. Um, so, is putting a swimming pool in, from an appraisal standpoint,
0: a wise move? Uh, if you're going to be moving in two to three years, no, you you immediately lose uh, uh, about forty okay. percent. So, but uh, living in Fresno. My entire life, Fresno Clovis, uh-huh. uh, it's worth every penny. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: So I, I asked your opinion as an appraiser, not as a resident of, I, the, I, of the Central yeah. Valley. <laughs> so, okay. So that's swimming pools. Um, wh- what are the improvements that really add the most value to an appraisal?
0: Sure. So right now, um, what I would say is if you have uh, an older home, that uh, has does not have energy-efficient windows. Um, that is a wise investment, is just putting in new uh, window frames and energy-efficient windows. Um, never go wrong on a new roof. If, if you need a new roof, um, you're going to get what you pay. Um, and so
1: you spend $10,000 on a new roof? It'll probably yes. reflect
0: that on an appraisal. Yes, um, it, it may even reflect a little bit more because of what the lack of that roof actually detracts from the value. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an appeal factor that you lose, even though it may cost ten thousand for a new roof or twelve thousand. If you were to sell it without that new mm-hmm. roof, they're gonna they're not gonna just deduct that. Cost of roof, they're going to deduct an appeal factor. Um, right now, solar is an excellent investment, but purchase solar, not leased solar. Because leased solar, if you were to say, sell, you're not going to get any credit at all for a lease in your appraisal, or in- very minimal.
1: And because with leased solar, you're expecting the new buyer to assume your liability. Correct. Not, But with purchased solar, the buyer is obtaining an asset, the, not a liability. Correct. Okay. Correct. All right. I, I can see that. So if somebody spends $40,000 and purchases solar. Yes. What? on a, let's say, on a typical 2,000-square-foot subdivision home, what kind of value would an appraiser give a,
0: a solar system? Um, well, most most appraisers, and this is not a knock at appraisers, it's just due to inexperience in dealing with it. The best... Lack w-
1: of data is a better way to put yeah, it. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, um, the way from an appraisal standpoint is if you provide them the savings that you are getting from that owned unit, then the appraiser has the ability to capitalize that savings. Much like if if they're going to be saving $300 a month on PG&E, that's like having a rental unit in the back that they're getting $300 a month. If you capitalize that, that'll give you somewhat similar to what dollar for dollar of what you are getting paying for that solar unit.
1: So you're saying if the homeowner can document the savings yes, and the benefits, right, then that will help add value to an appraisal. Yes. And I have to say this from a agent standpoint, very, very, very few clients actually can document their, their savings. Yeah. Um, so many times I have to ask for, can you get me your last six months or twelve months worth of PG&E bill so I can show that that savings. Yes. Or show me the documentation for uh, for the the uh, solar investment. Uh,
0: hard to get. Yeah. Uh, it, so with, it, with not
1: because people don't want to give it. it exactly. They just kept but
0: it. but without that, what the appraiser is going to try and find is they're going to try and find a house that sold with the solar and a house that sold without the solar and they're going to do a paired sales analysis and determine a contributory value and um due to the lack of data and all of the other moving parts involved in that you're not going to get an exact model match Mm -hmm. um usually they're going to you know they're not going to get dollar for dollar on the solar okay Tough question now. How about artificial turf? <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a tough one. You're not going to... The cost of artificial turf, um, um, if you're going to be there long term, yes, water conservation. Um, if uh, the city is providing incentives, because there are that, that will give you a kickback if you remove... Uh, your lawn and put in synthetic, Um, you could get a rebate. Um, But other than that, the the cost right now of synthetic lawn exceeds what it's going to add to the value. You're probably wondering, why did he ask me that question?
1: It's because a month ago we had a landscaper Mm -hmm. uh, on the show and he, different industry, appraisals, landscaper. You guys said the same thing. Yeah. In different words Mm -hmm. (laughs) and coming from different angles. But yeah, I I guess that's not so much. Here's another thing to remember about um, improvements. Somebody might say, well, hey, I spent $25,000 remodeling my kitchen. So that should add $25,000 in value. But maybe not because don't forget you replaced a $10,000 you had to take out the $10,000 right. worth of kitchen to put the $25,000 worth in. So, you yeah, you get a bump, but not dollar
0: for dollar. Correct. Yes. And so other, other thing uh, with that is hardscape. So concrete, sidewalks, those add uh, significant. I mean, you're getting pretty much dollar for dollar on that, or you should be. And if an appraiser is not, that's one item that you could go back and say, wait, you really didn't give uh, consideration to all this additional uh, concrete. Um, if you're on a suburban acreage, fencing. Fencing adds, adds mm-hmm. to uh, a rural, uh, suburban rural property. Okay. So this is why you should listen to Welcome Home Radio
1: every week. I just learned something from you, and that is I didn't realize there was so much added value to concrete and and those types of improvements. Oh, yes. All right, Um, one last question for you. What would be your best real estate advice to our listeners?
0: Base your decisions on data (laughs) and not emotion
1: spoken like a true <laughs> appraiser which you are and and appraisals are a big part of the business because i guess unless everybody had cash and you never had to get a loan yeah yeah appraisals are a part of it well i want to thank you rob melfi i want to thank uh, joe our board operator and all our listeners for today's show and we'll be back next saturday thank you very much